My name is Heidi and I love stories, funny stories and sad stories and what on earth just happened stories. Well, as it turns out, the Bible is full of them. And after two decades in Sunday school, plus a master's in English, I'm here to tell them to you. Get ready. This is Messy Scripture. Last season ended on a bit of a downer. After all, Israel no longer exists and was dragged off into captivity and God made some pretty aggressive comparisons. If the last episode offended you, I have some news about the rest of the text of the Bible. But let's move on from that. We're going back in time just a little bit to the reign of King Ahaz, who reigned in Judah. Uh, He sucked. He was the worst. There's not much really to say about Ahaz, except for that he continued to get worse throughout his lifetime. This is pretty common, uh, both for people and kings. So let's move on from there and go to some good news. King Hezekiah, who was awesome. His first major act as king was to reopen the temple, and he pretty much called the priests to task and were like, hey, you guys have not been doing your job, you've abandoned keeping the temple upkeep, you've also abandoned the sacrifices, you've abandoned the offerings, you've abandoned burning incense, you guys just get on it, like, do your job. And so they did, they did their job. And he was able to reinstate temple worship while tearing down the high places and destroying all the idol worship in Judah as much as he could. And he did a great job of it. In fact, King Hezekiah was the first king in quite some time to celebrate the Passover, and he insisted that the entire nation of Judah join in. You might remember Passover as the single biggest holiday in ancient Jewish tradition. Pretty much it was the celebration of how they were able to leave slavery in Egypt when the angel of death passed over the houses of the Israelites, at the time called Hebrews. In the New Testament later, we'll see that Slavery is usually the image used to talk about people's bondage to sin. The idea that you don't do what you want to do, and what you don't want to do, you keep on doing. So Passover is sort of the precursor to the Christian Easter and Christmas, if you want to look at it that way. However, at the time, King Hezekiah was just reestablishing what there was, and he did a good job of it, and God was pretty stoked on him. He's the best king we've had in a very long time. By the way, during King Hezekiah's reign, the rest of Israel went down. Meanwhile, the prophet Isaiah is working in Judah, and he's a pretty prolific prophet. He's also the one who writes a lot of what we call the Messianic prophecies. Anyway, this is relevant because at this point, King Sennacherib of Assyria starts to put pressure on Judah. And by put pressure, I mean uh, besiege Jerusalem. And this is a serious problem to the point that when he sends messengers... The people in Jerusalem ask him to please stop speaking in their own language. Like, hey, could you please speak in Assyrian so that the people don't hear the terrible things you're saying? Because what they're saying is incredible blasphemies. He accurately says that the king of Egypt can't be trusted. Not because the king of Egypt sucks, but because God is so much dramatically better that the king of Egypt, by comparison, is is not going to do much. But he also blasphemes against God. He's like, oh, are you all trusting in King Hezekiah? Isn't that the king who tore down all the places to worship? Like, who y'all think that you, you're going to get delivered by? And they're like, whoa, 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 could you please stop talking in the common language? And they're like, no, absolutely not. We want everyone to hear us. This is kind of like a back and forth of words with a ton of people's lives on the line. Isaiah reassures King Hezekiah that it's going to be okay, at which point Sennacherib commits total blasphemy and is like, God won't deliver you. God can't deliver you. I am God now. And Isaiah counter-prophesies and is like, um, no, (laughs) cancel. You're going to go away. In fact, Judah wasn't even going to raise the sword. 
As it turned out, the angel of death reappeared, and 185,000 Assyrians died overnight in their camp. And when Sennacherib woke up and was like, "Mm, most of my army's gone, he went back home to Nineveh, the capital. And there, when he was worshipping in front of a false god, his sons assassinated him. Hooray! A few years later, King Hezekiah gets very, very sick and asks the prophet if he's going to recover. And Isaiah's like, unfortunately, you are not. God has decided that this illness is going to be the one that kills you. Get your affairs in order. And King Hezekiah, like he has for his entire life, cries out and prays to God. And God actually answers his prayer positively, or at least positively in King Hezekiah's mind. God grants him 15 extra years of life. This is a rare occasion in that this isn't a bad guy who's getting punished by God who repents and God has mercy. This is a good man whose life is extended because God shows mercy on him just because he's not ready to go yet. In some ways, however, it may have been better for King Hezekiah if he had died of that illness. Because sometime later, some Babylonian envoys came and Hezekiah decided he wanted to flex. So he showed off everything in the treasury, everything in the temple, and Isaiah's like, so what'd you show him? Give him the tour? And Hezekiah's like, yeah, show him everything. And he's like, you dumb dumb. Everything you showed them is going to end up in Babylon. But not during your lifetime. Don't worry about that. But like also, oh my gosh, why did you do that? But all in all, still a great king, still a great dude. And he did some really, really cool things. Especially his ability to turn around and pray and really seriously understand that God is like God God, not like fake God and not like sort of God and not like democratic God. Like God is God. God is God God. And if God decides to do something, you can ask him to change his mind. But like realistically, whatever God's wanting to do, he's going to do. It's a scary thought sometimes to think of God being in control, but also like I'm so bad at being in control. And I assume that King Hezekiah was comparatively also bad at being in control. And if we look at every single king of Israel, yoikes. And so King Hezekiah eventually died of natural causes and his 12-year-old son Manasseh took the throne in his stead. Manasseh was bad. He was a bad king. We're going to get a lot of that in Judah. There's a lot more good king, bad king, good king, bad king. In fact, Manasseh was such a screw-up that the king of Babylon was able to capture him. And while he was captured, he kind of repented of being the absolute worst. I mean, he seriously repented of being the absolute worst, but like, eh, he didn't raise his kids well. Because after Manasseh comes Ammon, his son. He was 22 when he took the throne and was not king for very long because his servants hated him. Manasseh was the sort of king who killed innocent people and who spilled a lot of blood and didn't want peace in the land. Ammon was a sort of king that sucked so bad that his own servants put him to death. And on his throne, they put his son, Josiah. On the next episode, we're going to find out what kind of king Josiah was. He took the throne at eight years old. So over the next week or so, feel free to place bets on whether or not you think Josiah is going to be a good king or a bad king. You could also look it up and get the answer. But where's the fun in that? We've seen a good king, Hezekiah, who was guided by two prophets, actually, Micah and Isaiah. And we've had two bad kings. So it looks like we're due for a change yet again. Catch you next week on Messy Scripture.